Welcome to the Talking Transformation podcast. This is Matt Bird, president of Cinnamon International. We're talking to leaders around the world about how they're involved in the transformation of their places. I'm delighted today to welcome our very special guest, Lloyd Cook, the chief executive of Thoughtbox in Stoke-on-Trent. Hello, Lloyd. Hello, Matt. How are you? Very good. It's beautiful and sunny here in the UK today. And uh, it's, I've got a spring in my step. And it's beautiful in the Midlands. That's right in the centre of the UK. For those who are listening internationally, we're between Manchester and Birmingham. Um, but it's a beautiful day, just as it is down in London with Matt. Yes, indeed. Now, Lloyd, you've lived in, Sol- in Stoke-on-Trent. How long have you been there in that city? Um, I was born and brought up here, and whilst I had opportunities to leave, um, God very clearly laid it on my heart many, many years ago um, that he was calling me to uh, to blossom and to be fruitful where I was planted. So it's my home city, and it's where I've lived and breathed, and it's where my ministry through Saltbox um, has come to fruition. Amazing. And uh, just tell us, for those people listening who know nothing about the city of Stoke-on-Trent. Just give us a little bit of a flavour about the place. Stoke-on-Trent is a city of 250,000 people. It's historically nicknamed the Potteries uh, because it's famous for pottery manufacture. So brands like Wedgwood and Royal Daltons. Um, Historically, it's been a centre for uh, revival. So this was one of the places where John Wesley that famous Methodist founder yes, um, was very active. And uh, so we've seen Methodism grow and it's very much the folk religion still here in, in Stoke-on-Trent. Amazing. Now, Lloyd, there's been some incredible things that have uh, happened and are happening in Stoke-on-Trent. It's, it's one of those kind of, in a sense, flagship cities for what God is done. And that's my language of what God is doing in the UK. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the Faith Action Audit, because you were one of the first cities to ever do this. T- tell us what happened and where it came from. Um, we undertook our first Faith Action Audit back in 2004, and it was part of a, a journey of several years um, that came out of prayer. Um, in 2001, um, Stoke-on-Trent was voted um, the worst city to live in in England uh, and Wales. Oh, isn't that terrible? <laughs> it's, well, it's terrible, but actually it was, I think, probably the best bit of bad news that we've had because what it did was it galvanised um, Christians, it galvanised churches, it galvanised the body of Christ, um, and it got people's attention because many of us thought, actually, whilst we know we've got real issues about deprivation, we don't think we're the worst place. Um, and it resulted in a real prayer movement across the city where Christians would come together to pray. We based it on 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people will humble themselves and pray, God says he will heal the land. And as we journeyed in prayer, praying for the city, we started to engage with the city in a way we'd never done before. And as a consequence, what became obvious was that many people in the city, many people in, in the political realm, the educational realm, uh, the health realm, uh, policing, didn't really know what the church was about. Yeah. Um, and most people, I think, probably thought the church was a bit archaic and wasn't really doing much. 
And as a consequence, um, I'd come across the, this concept of a faith action audit. Yeah. And so we undertook our first one in 2004. Yeah. I mean, Lloyd, really... there, must be, there must be lots of cities around the world where the church doesn't have a great reputation, where it's not seen as being relevant or, or, or kind of, it doesn't really seem as having a place in wider society. Um, I think you're right. Um, I think very often what happens is that um, in cities and towns and villages across the world, people often see the church as being old fashioned, archaic and in decline. Yeah. And what it means is that they only ever hear stories which reinforce that. Yes. Now, the truth, the truth is, is, is that actually the church in lots of places is still incredibly active and is doing amazing work in the community. But often it's very hidden. Yeah. And that was the truth for us here in Stoke-on-Trent. There was great work going on, um, but we were hiding our light under a bushel. And um, we didn't really realize, I think, as the church, how much we were doing. And certainly the world was really not taking, um, not taking seriously what the church had to <clears throat> offer, simply because it didn't know. And that's where the Faith Action Audit came in. Yeah. So what, 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 I mean, for people who've never heard of a faith action audit, you know, what is it? What, what do you do? It's really simple. You contact uh, as many churches and, and groups as you can um, who've got faith as, as their basis. Yes. And you basically ask them, um, apart from perhaps Sunday or, or, or evenings where you're doing your spiritual activities like acts of worship or Bible studies or prayer, what do you do for your community? And we simply ask people to let us know what projects they ran. Things like a mums and toddlers group, things like working with young people or projects for the elderly or, or soup runs or projects for homeless. So basically any project that you did yeah. for those in your community, we simply ask them to let us know. And then we started to put that together into an audit. And um, it was amazing. We, we, we had, I think it was nearly 60% response rate, um, which meant that we'd got a real bank of evidence to say, this is what the people of faith are doing in our city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, I, I've never heard of this being done before because I always say the church typically communicates its value in story. Um, yeah. But actually learning to communicate our value in numbers and metrics it's like the church is becoming bilingual to speak the language of civic society and of government and policing. It's really quite remarkable. And it was interesting because a couple of things came out of it. One, that, that story based in numbers, because whilst people might want to dismiss our faith story in terms of our testimony, well, that's OK for you, they might say. When you start to say in our city, there are 130 um, faith groups, churches and the like. And we are providing the city with over 500 community projects, cradle to the grave projects. Yeah. We are utilizing something like 3000 volunteers. We are reaching something like 15 to 20,000 um, people in the community. And our <clears throat> contribution, if you multiplied it by um, <clears throat> by the minimum wage, for volunteers is something like three or four million pounds. Yeah. Suddenly, Matt, whether you're in commerce or business or education or the city council, even if you're not sure what faith is about, those numbers speak incredibly loudly. Yeah. 
And, and what was fascinating when we took the results of the Faith Action Audit to our um, leaders in the civic world and the education world and the policing and the health service was they all said, wow, we never realized that faith was doing so much in our city. <laughs> and, that, and that was and that was interesting, Matt, because when we took the same results to church leaders and said, this is what you're doing. They said exactly the same. They said, wow, we never realized that we were doing all this together. Yeah. Collect the collective impact of the church in the city is remarkable. And, you know, and I always say, actually, the church really is good news, not for itself, but for the city. Uh, it's remarkable. It is. And again, what it suddenly means is that whilst an, an individual church leader might be aware of a little bit they're doing, they may even actually think we're not doing very much. Yeah. Actually, when you see what your bit is collectively with everyone else, suddenly you realize that there is this incredible movement of community action and care yeah. that we've been doing for centuries. Let's yeah. be honest. This is nothing new. Yeah. But actually what God has given us through a faith action audit is he's given us the means of evidencing what we do and he's given us the means of communicating it in a way which actually people cannot discredit. They can't say, well, that's just your testimony. These are actually facts and figures and facts and figures really speak very loudly yeah. into the life of a city or a town. Yeah. So when you took your cinema, your faith action audit results, and you uh, presented them to the chief exec of the, the city government. Um, what was their response? Uh, their response was incredibly positive. Again, I think for those of us who are people of faith, um, there's, there's very often um, a, a feeling that um, people in power will dismiss us because we're people of faith. And actually what we discovered was quite the opposite, um, that actually they were very open, they were very warm, um, we're talking about people in authority who are often under incredible pressure. Yeah. Certainly in the UK, we've got issues with austerity and cuts to public services. And so increasingly for people in the public sector, they need to find opportunities for partnership. And so, Matt, we found when we took the results, just a really big open door, which was at one level very heartening. At the other level, it's quite surprising because we thought, well, they'll they'll probably want to criticize us or dismiss the findings. But they said, that's great. And of course, what they wanted to know then is how do we partner with you? Yeah. Because you've got you've got volunteers, you've got premises, you've got events happening. Nobody else in my city is running 500 projects for the community um, every week. Yeah. Nobody is touching uh, mums and toddlers and young people and elderly people yeah. and vulnerable adults in the way mm. that the church collectively is doing. So they were very warm and they wanted conversations yeah. about how they could engage with us. Yeah. And how did they react? I mean, I remember you talking to me about the the volume and the scale of the work the church is doing with the elderly and how yeah. your chief exec said actually the church is doing. Was it twice as much? With the elderly, yeah. any statutory provision? Yeah. W w one of the things that we did was we, we asked people, again, what groups do you work with? And we discovered, not surprisingly, lots of churches um, and, and faith groups were working with the elderly. And, um, and so one of our big voluntary sector um, <clears throat> secular providers um, was working with the elderly. They worked with 20 groups and were seen to be um, really important in delivering services for, for the elderly. Well, when we 
did our results, we've got nearly 50 groups working with the elderly. And so anyone who's got a concern in the city council or in health about the needs of elderly people, suddenly, actually, it's the church who are doing more than anyone else to help and support. And so the first thing that we did was um, we applied and got a £70,000 grant to employ um, an older people's development worker. And uh, so that worker was there to work with the churches, to work with all their individual groups working with the elderly, to begin to link them in with the city council, with social services, with our health services as well. Um, And increasingly, because loneliness is being seen as a real issue in in society, um, because we have so many people working with the elderly, we become a really important key partner with those civic authorities to be good news, especially to older, vulnerable yeah. people. Now, there's some people listening to this, Lloyd, and they're thinking, just hold on a minute, Lloyd. Did you say that uh, the government, the city government, gave £70,000 to the churches to develop their work amongst the elderly? Is that, is that what you said? Yes, I did. And again, I think for years, as, as church people, uh, as Christians, we've often thought, well, people won't want to give us money because we're, we're people of faith. What we've discovered is that um, if we communicate in the right way, if we have our numbers right and we have our um, methodology right, and if we can show good practice, then I found that um, people in authority are very pragmatic. Mm. They want to see something that works. And if it works they're very open to fund it, even if it's um, got a cross on the front and it's Christian-based. Yeah. I mean, I often say in conversations with um, government and police and other agencies, you know, we're faith-based, but we're not faith-biased. You know, we're motivated by Jesus, but we serve people indiscriminately of who they are. And actually, it's surprising how effective that can be in persuading people. Actually, we're good people to work with as the church. Uh, and uh, so when Cinnamon Network saw what you've done, Lloyd, in Stoke-on-Trent and, uh, and what they'd also done in the city of Chester, uh, we, we said to you, hey, guys, we, we'd love to take this to the church. I mean, I think you offered it, actually. And, uh, and Cinnamon Network since has helped the churches uh, in 92 cities or towns or villages do the faith action audit to measure their impact and to, to increase this partnership level with uh, civic agencies. Lloyd, how does that make you feel that what you did in Stoke-on-Trent has now gone into 92 places around the UK? Well, I, 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 I smile to myself, Matt. <laughs> I, 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 laugh, I laugh a lot and I just think, isn't it ironic that in a, in a nowhere place, people would say Stoke is a bit of a nowhere place, it's in between two big cities, um, it's a bit like saying, can any good thing come out of Nazareth, I guess, um, <laughs> which is a, a quote from the Bible, because that's where Jesus came from. Yeah. Um, so so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, actually, that, that some of the good practice that we've discovered here, um, God is using yeah. across the world to encourage the church, to give the church more confidence and to help the church to become less congregationally focused and more city focused yeah. to actually say, how do we help? in the work of transformation um, in our cities, our towns, our villages yeah. to make a difference. Yeah. And, and now, of course, Cinnamon Network in the United States, uh, they've set the target of supporting the churches in 50 cities in the wow. US. And, and just last week, the Faith Action Audit began in New York City itself. 
and uh, and I'm talking to countries around the world who want to work with Cinnamon to to undertake this faith action audit. So it is so exciting to see this model of best practice being taken up and 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 used around the world to to increase the church's impact in cities and nations. Lloyd, we uh, love what you're doing uh, in Stoke-on-Trent and uh, through Saltbox, your ministry there, and uh, we're so grateful for Stoke-on-Trent. And I said at the beginning, a flagship city. It's leading the way. It's pioneering the way of what God is doing in city transformation. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, We look forward to next time. Uh, Have a great day. Goodbye for now.